0: Well, I hope that you did not come today to have a frown on your face the whole time because there is a lot of joy around here. There is a lot of Easter joy in the room. There is resurrection in the air today. Can you feel it? There's a little bit extra buzz in the air today. There's a joy. We are people of joy here at Hope. Not uh, only just today, but all the time. Because every day is Easter, because we worship a risen Christ. Uh, I hope you'll notice today that we don't take ourselves too seriously, uh, but we take this message of Easter and this God that we worship very seriously. And so we want to welcome you again today, and it's so great to worship together, and uh, praise God for the worship team this morning, and and uh, all the elements that we could uh, be together and a part of Today, If you are visiting with us today, we like to keep things uh, pretty simple and we want to extend a a special welcome to any friends or family. I know we have a few of those uh, with us today. We want you to know that you are welcome here anytime. And we like to keep things pretty simple around here, but there's just a couple things that we want you to know about who we are and why we do what we do. If you're new today, first of all, that we like to keep the main thing, the main thing around hope and that Jesus is is central that Jesus is life, and so uh, we are focused on helping people experiencing uh, experience Jesus, and then to help uh, help you become a fully devoted follower of him that that's why easter brings us the joy that it does is because it celebrates Jesus' resurrection from the dead and the life that he offers us because of it and secondly we want you to know that because jesus central we believe that we are called to share this resurrection easter sunday does not end when you leave here today when you've had your fill of, of eggs and sausage and you go home easter does not end you carry this power of the resurrection with you. And so if you've heard it before, maybe you've heard it before, but our mission statement here at Hope is to reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. And so uh, we believe that we're here in the city to do that in a very unique way, and so we encourage you to join us in spreading some resurrection around. And as you look through your bulletin today, you'll find uh, many different ways uh, day by day and week by week that we are reaching out. Uh, We encourage you to get involved with that. The reason that I say that there's resurrection in the air today because it has a lot to do with who's sitting next to you. I don't know, maybe you've met them during the, the shaking of the hands time, but why don't you just kind of look around right now and just kind of smile at those people around you. Just give them a big old grin. You're good-looking people, all of you. You're just a good-looking bunch today. And uh, many of you, whether you've been around Hope for a while or not, you've encountered this Jesus. That's why you have this smile on your face today because you've encountered him and he's changed you. You're sitting around a bunch of changed people, transformed people. And some of you have just tasted, and you're just starting out on that journey, and you want more. There's resurrection in the air, meaning that lives are being made new. Every single one of us this morning, no matter if you come to church every week, if you're a part of this every week, or if you haven't been for a long time, every single one of us is on a journey today. Even if you've been away for a while, or church is a brand new thing for you. And you might be sitting there saying this morning, I don't want to have an Easter hoedown because I'm not very happy. Because to be honest, there's some things going on in my life that just aren't good. I'm really struggling with some things. It's really hard. Life is really hard right now. In fact, I'm, I'm still kind of figuring this whole Christianity church thing out. I mean, I've got some real questions about my faith. And what I can say to you this morning without a doubt is, Welcome to the family. You're in the right place. You are really in the right place. There's resurrection in the air because we're people that are in process. You're not sitting by a bunch of perfect Easter people here this morning. You're sitting by Easter people that are on a journey and that are on a process. And so if we can just be honest as a bunch of Easter people here today that are worshiping in Charles C. McGuire Gymnasium and having an Easter service, if you could just humor me this morning and turn to those people around you and say, hey... Good news, you're in the right place. Just in case, just in case you needed a reminder. My, you're a chatty bunch this morning. Quit being so happy. As it turns out, believe it or not, you say, you know, I have some questions about my faith. I'm not quite all there yet. I haven't got this whole thing figured out. Well, as it turns out, the Easter story is a perfect story for you. Because as it turns out, the Easter story that we just heard read, is full of questions as well. And so if you could, we've heard it from Matthew's perspective. We're going to go to a different gospel. And so just a few pages back from where you were, turn with me to the book of John. And we're going to see what John has to say about the Easter account. John chapter 20, and that is on page 828, if you have the Bibles that are underneath the chairs. We're going to look at uh, what John has to say about this, starting in verse 11. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John, chapter 20, verse 11. Now in this story today, if you look at the the account in John, I'm going to bring you up to speed here. We find a woman, it's the same Mary that we just heard about in Matthew, and she is crying outside the tomb of Jesus because his body has been found missing. Not only has her best friend, her good friend Jesus, died and been buried in a tomb, but now his body is gone. So imagine the the trauma, what she's going through, is that not only has her best friend, who who she believes is the savior of the world, has died, now she thinks some robbers have come and taken away his body. I mean, you're going to be devastated, right? And so, if you're Mary, you've probably given up hope. It's one bad thing after another. And so we read in verse 11... Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head and one at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? And if we can just pause there for one moment. I know you want to move on with the story. I know we know the ending. We know what happens, right? But just stay there for a second. Just stay there you'll notice Easter morning begins not with an answer. It begins with a question. A question that that most importantly does point us eventually to finding the risen Jesus. But watch, the questions continue. As Mary's leaving, she sees someone in verse 15, if you're following along. And this certain someone asks her, Woman, why are you crying again? And another question, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? Again, this time, she doesn't know it yet, but it's from Jesus himself. And Mary thinks he's the gardener, which I just find hilarious. Uh, I don't know if Jesus looked like a gardener, if gardeners had big beards and walked around in robes and sandals. Maybe they did, but she thinks it's the gardener. And so notice what happens here. Notice what Jesus doesn't do right? He's back from the dead. If you came back from the dead, you would just want to go crazy, right? You would want to tell everybody that you're here. But notice that's not what Jesus does. He's not standing behind Mary crying, going, Mary, I'm here. It's me. It's me. It's me. You know, doing jumping jacks and jumping up and down. That's not what he does. How interesting it is that Jesus asks her a question. What are you looking for? And I guess we could ask that of ourselves today. What, what did you come here looking for today? At the heart of the Easter story, although it, it does eventually lead us to Jesus, and she realizes it's him, and it seems to answer many of our questions, we turn to the resurrection as the very center of our faith as Christians. That there is life after death. That because of Easter, there is a hope beyond this world. Jesus is truly active and alive and walking with every single one of you today. He is closer than you could ever imagine. And although the Easter story gives us many great answers, the story begins with questions. Because maybe Jesus knew that even in our doubts and even in our questions, he would still find us. That amidst all the joy and all the excitement of Easter, he does not want you to forget today that he is willing to meet you right in the middle of all your questions and of all your uncertainty about life. Because when you think about it, our lives are filled with questions, aren't they? Sometimes questions define our lives. Now, some of them are a little bit more important than others, granted, and some of you are sitting right there right now, and probably the biggest question that you have for this, this morning is, I wonder what we're having for Easter dinner. That's the biggest question. Some of you might be wondering, when was my tea time again for this afternoon? I think I think I, I did that. But other questions are deeper. Many of you, you've got a lot of things on your mind these days. Am I going to be able to pay my rent this month? Uh, where am I going to get my next few meals? Which job should I take? Is she the one for me? Will I ever find that special someone? How do I be a good parent? Will things ever get better between me and my spouse? When you think about it, we are surrounded by questions. Life does not give us all the answers it 's almost like if we had a script if these if these pages were the script to our lives, somehow either they 're blank or. We've lost our script. It makes me think about a time, a rather humbling time, uh, when I was in high school. I was a junior in high school, and is anybody like plays, like drama? Do you like drama? You you into that sort of thing? I got the lead role in the play, okay? And so I got, it was my junior year, I was the real deal. I mean, you want to talk about cool, the epitome of cool? This was it. I know, it's hard to imagine, but I got the lead in the fall play. So I got a script. I got a book and it had every line. And so what did I do the first day I got it? It it had everything that I needed to know. Not only my lines, but my stage directions. In this scene, do this. In this scene, go here. Exit there. Come out here. Talk to this person. Do that. I had it all highlighted. Okay, I had a big part. So like every other page, half the page is highlighted. I had like 500 lines or something like that. So I am so excited. I'm taking this script everywhere that I go. Okay, I'm probably reading it during class. I'm reading it at home. I am so pumped to have this role. So one day, I live, we live pretty close to the school, a couple blocks away, and I'm kind of hopping home. right? So when you hop, you kind of lift your knees up a little bit. The only problem with that is, if you're carrying something, let's say in your right hand, and you're hopping along, and you happen to be passing a gutter, On the side of the street, this doesn't bode well. So I have my script, and I'm hopping along, and I'm hopping along, and boom, I hit my hand. Out pops my script, and I just happen to be passing by a gutter. Not only does it fall through the tiniest of cracks, all the way down into the sewer. And so here I am. I've lost my script. I've lost the playbook. And so here I am. Keep in mind, my my father's a pastor, and so when you live in a small town, people know you. And so you try to avoid kind of doing stupid things. So here I am at about 10 o'clock at night, staring down into the sewer on the main street there in Story City. And so, oh man, what am I going to do? So what do I do? I go home and get my brother. Maybe he can help me figure this out. So we come marching out there. It's about 1030 at night and we've got a rake. We think maybe we can just kind of scoop it up with this rake. And so my brother and I are there staring down in the sewer and we got the rake and we're trying to scoop it up, but it just keeps slipping through, right? It just keeps slipping through. So we're like... Oh, man, we need our dad's help with this. So we go home and get my dad and my mom's like, Oh, I want to come too. I want to see, you know, it's like a spectacle. Let's get the whole pastor's family out there staring in the sewer. So out we go and all four of us are there. And now we've got a broom and a rake and something else. I don't know. And we've got it and we still can't get it. And so what do men do when they need to fix things? They get duct tape, right? So my dad goes home and he gets duct tape. And so we got duct tape attached to the end of a rake. And then we've got a broom on the other side with duct tape on that. And we're going to trap it. And so here we all, all four of us, the the pastor's family, staring down at the sewer and we're kind of digging around in there. Conveniently, as it would happen, the cops drive by. Everything okay there, pastor? Yep, everything's fine. So we're just kind of looking down there. Eventually, we get the thing up. And it is just soggy and gross and just covered with icky, slimy, icky. Blech. I don't have a better word to describe it. And so here I am holding in my hands the pages of my once perfectly highlighted script with all my cues and all my directions of what I'm supposed to do. I lost my script. I didn't even know what my lines were anymore. Thank God that my teacher was understand. I mean, try to explain this. You know, this is worse than my dog ate my homework. I dropped my book in the sewer and now it's covered with... Yick. Horrible excuse, but luckily i got it back and eventually we got it out i'd lost my lines i'd I'd lost my script but i wonder if the same is true for us today i wonder if sometimes we feel like we're holding the pages of our lives the, the script of our lives and we've lost our cues we we don't know where to turn next. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to kind of have a manual for navigating through some of these bigger questions of life, right? What is the purpose of life? What am I doing here? What kind of job should I have? Should I marry that person? Where should I go to college? We are surrounded by questions and it would be nice to have a manual. I mean, shouldn't there be a chapter like about making it through junior high or something that would have been helpful. Or maybe some of you parents about being a parent of junior hires, that would be helpful for you. Uh, Or how about dating? That would have been nice to have a a little bit of a manual for that Uh, maybe how to have a peaceful marriage that would be a good chapter to read how to get eight hours of sleep a night and be rested every day some of you would, would love to have that in your script the truth is that what's very real for us is that we are surrounded with uncertainty we are surrounded by questions with the not yets of life we get answers not as we want them but we get answers as the pages of our life go by But what might strike you today? What might strike you today is how relevant the Easter story is for you right in the middle of all your questions. Because when we go back to what we read, we see Mary. We meet Mary confused, lost, and filled with tears. You ever been there? We meet Peter, heartbroken, weighed down, With guilt. Have you ever been there? And we meet the rest of Jesus' followers isolated, shut up in a room, afraid for their lives, doubting, wondering what to do next, no clear direction for the future. It turns out that this story is far more relevant than we realize. The disciples, Jesus' followers, before Easter happened, they'd lost their script. Or in fact, they thought the story had ended. But if we go back to the story, watch what happens to Mary. Right in the middle of her sorrow, her doubts, her questions. Back to verse 16 in John chapter 20. Jesus looks her in the eyes and he calls her name Mary. And she knows it's him. And I wonder if in that moment... And if in the days following, as Jesus appears to more and more disciples, it wasn't just a one big, hey, here I am, get the loudspeaker out, I'm back, and see ya. Jesus is popping around to all these different places, appearing to so many different people. And I wonder if in that moment, for Mary, the mere presence of Jesus in her life, with the power of only someone who had experienced everything that she could possibly be feeling. Because it's Jesus who knew what it was like to be lonely. It's Jesus who knew what it was like to have somebody that you love die. It's Jesus who felt deserted and abandoned by his friends. And it's still Jesus today for all of you. He knows what it's like to not have a home. He knows what it's like to be misunderstood. He knows what it's like to handle enormous amounts of stress to the point of seeing the cross in his future. We may not have all the answers today, but because of Easter, we're invited to know a God who knows your pain, who cries with you and has walked in your shoes. Instead of a script, the author, the author of Easter is that we get to know the author of the story personally, one who has experienced it all. And so whatever you're dealing with today, whatever questions are left unanswered for you, we have a hope for eternity that gives meaning and purpose for today. Let's read this together from 2 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul puts it this way. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Easter means that you are invited to see today not as the end, not not as circumstances that surround you that will last forever, but to see everything in your life in light of eternity. There is one mistake that you could make today with this story, and it would be believing that Easter is only... A past event that means Jesus is alive, so someday we can be with him in heaven. Yes, that is true. That is certainly true. But I wonder if we've been asking the wrong question all along. You've heard it said hundreds of times, I suppose. If you died tonight, where would you go, right? You've heard that before. And while this certainly gets at the the, the urgency of understanding who Jesus is and and knowing that he's your savior, it's not the entire picture. It's missing a huge part of the good news of the treasure of the gospel that Jesus came to bring us. Instead of asking, do you know where you're going to go when you die? What if the question was this? If you knew, if you knew today that you were going to live forever, how would you live If you knew that you were gonna live forever, how would you spend your days? Would you love deeper? Would you care for people deeper? Would you spend your time on with people and in relationships on the things that are gonna last and not of the things that are gonna slip through your fingers? How would you spend your days? What if you had nothing to prove to anyone? What if you had nothing to earn from God? Instead of the gospel being sort of a, you know, like in monopoly, you get a get out of jail free card, you know, just in case. What if we didn't treat the gospel as a get out of jail free card, but as a practical down to earth invitation for God to transform your life in the here and now? What if eternal life wasn't just about a quantity of life, but a quality of life that you can step into today? Easter has opened that door for you. And I could try to convince you of this all day long. I could could try to, to explain Easter to you a little bit more. But instead, I just want you to look around. I want you to think about what has happened in this church the last year. It has nothing to do with us. And everything to do with him. Resurrection is in the air here. Since last Easter, we've had grown men be immersed in the waters of baptisms to start a new life. There's been marriages held together by the grace of God. I've seen some of you literally be freed from addictions to alcohol and substance abuse. I've seen men become better husbands and fathers, family members or even yourselves be in the hospital and be healed in your beds as members of this church surrounded you and prayed for healing. There is resurrection in the air here, but it's not just today. It's every day. And even in the midst of our questions, even in the midst of our unanswered prayers and the uncertainty of the future, you as a church have been an incredible example of being Easter people all year round. To think that we could have missed it. To think that starting a church in the city, worshiping in a gym for pity's sakes, becoming servants to the less fortunate around us here in the city, to think that it wouldn't be worth it. To think that it never would have happened and we wouldn't be here today telling stories of resurrection. But thank God that it did. Thank God that you understand that the church is not a building but a community of Easter people who don't have all the answers, but know where true life is found and we're running towards it with everything that we have. We're running towards the risen Christ. We're not wallowing in our guilt and our shame and our sin. That's been done away with. That was on Good Friday. That's nailed to the cross. And you can step out of that today and step into new life with Christ and run towards Him. It turns out that's exactly... What the disciples did. One of the things I love about the Easter story is all the kind of the little side stories. Like we know they went to the tomb. Bah, they were scared. The stone rolled away. That's the Easter story, right? But there's lots of other these little humorous side stories that I just love. And if you dig into the Gospels, you'll find these. And one of the things that I love is is in John chapter 21. So if you're in John chapter 20, just flip over the page probably to John chapter 21. This is incredible. So here we find a few of the disciples, including Peter, just days after the resurrection, they're having a rough go of it with catching fish, right? They're fishermen. That's who they were before Jesus found them. So they're out on their boat, and they're, they're a few hundred yards offshore. And they see off in the distance, this man walk up on the shore along the beach. And so we pick it up in verse 7. Chapter 21, verse 7. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, which was John, said to Peter, That guy, it's the Lord. It's him. It's the Lord. And then look at this. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him. Was he without clothes at that time? I don't know. Maybe fishing naked. Who knows? But he wraps his outer garment around him for he had taken it off. It says, and he jumped into the water. Think about that for a second. Do you see what just happened here? This is really, really funny laugh (laughs) at the very sight of jesus i can just see peter like it's him and he just kind of does this nosedive over the bow of the ship and just kind of collapses into the water you've heard of a belly flop this is the first belly flop right here so peter falls into the water looking like a complete fool this is like something you'd see on america's funniest videos or something and so what i wonder is what is it with him What is it with this Easter joy? It seems like there's there's a certain something about seeing the resurrected Christ that would make you look like a complete fool to dive in the water and swim after him. And I was thinking about this. I wanted to give you a visual of what this might look like. And I thought that our good friend, Mr. Gump, might have taken a page out of Peter's book. Let's take a look. sea legs. Well, you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dane. Yes, I know that. You wrote me a letter, you idiot. Well, well, Captain Forrest Gump. I had to see this for myself. (laughs) And I told you, if you were ever a shrimp boat captain, that I'd be your first mate. Well, here I am. I am a man of my word. Okay. Yeah, but don't you be thinking that I'm going to be calling you sir. No, sir. It's my boat. That's his boat, that's for sure. Oh, my goodness. So, um that part never gets old for me. I laugh every time. And sometimes I wonder if the same thing happened to Peter, you know, like he's driving the boat, he's out fishing. Like when Peter hauls overboard, like, is that what happened as well? And I can just see, see Peter probably in his, in his, in his Forrest Gump voice, kind of look at Jesus and go, that's my boat, you know, but then you know what he probably said after? But I don't care. You can take the boat. You can ruin the dock. I don't care because you're alive. Because you're back. Folks, this is the same Peter. The same Peter that just days before denied even knowing his Savior. Peter could have very easily let the the doubts and the questions of his life consume him, right? Maybe you've thought this before. Have I messed up too badly this time? Will he take me back after all that I've done? I feel so far away from God. Maybe you're sitting there this morning saying, I, I, I've never had that connection before. What will people think if I, if I become one of those Jesus people? I don't, I don't really want to get all worked up about it. I'm, just, I'm not that kind of person. I mean, it's just, it's just a, a religion, you know? And, and, and you don't know the mistakes I've made. You, you don't know what I've done. I don't. But he does. And instead of a religion today... He invites you into a relationship. Instead of being paralyzed by his past, Peter jumps out of the boat and swims at breakneck speed to his Savior. What's holding you from jumping out of the boat today? Of all the questions of life, here's maybe the most important What will you do with the risen Jesus? Will you pass off today as one more church service? Will you go back to trying to figure out life on your own? Or will you, even those of you that I know that are here today that that are walking with God, that are experiencing Him, are you going to settle? Are you going to settle for your current experience? Or are you going to become one of those kind of people that would jump off a boat and swim to your Savior, no matter what the cost? Will you let Jesus be who He is today? Not just a teacher with a few good ideas of how to be a nice person. Someone that you hear about through second-hand experiences. I, I, I hear other people tell stories about experiencing God, but not me. Will you settle for hearing about him second-hand? Or will you let him be who he is today? A risen and living Savior who wants to offer you abundant life right now, here, today. Isn't there a part of you that longs for something more? And so Jesus says, come and see. Follow me. The the story doesn't end here. If we look one more time at our our gospel reading in Matthew, I'll just read this to you in verse 7. The angel says, go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going on ahead of you to Galilee. Did you miss that? He's going on ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Jesus is already on the move. He didn't just stay outside the tomb saying, well, here I am, have a nice life. Jesus is already on the move. He's already on the road. He doesn't waste any time. We are so thankful that you have joined us here today for worship. But don't stop here. You've got to get on the road. Follow me, Jesus says. Follow me. As you leave today, we've got some rocks over by the door. Just say, follow on them. Just a simple reminder that Easter is about stepping into this new reality every single day. And maybe today for you, you can go down in the water and come up to new life like Dorian. Maybe you can experience transformation in your life like many of these people sitting around you today. Maybe you can get out of the boat and swim to Jesus. We will miss the entire point of today if we leave it here. Folks, there's resurrection in the air and I pray that you would take it with you today because there's more that we need to hear. Lives are being changed around here because of Jesus, so don't miss it. Come along on the journey with us. We want you to know that you are always welcome here and so we invite you to come back, to follow the story, to follow the risen Jesus, to go on the road with him because, folks, this is only the beginning of the adventure. This is only the beginning. What happens next? What should we do now? Come and see. Come and see, Jesus says. Come and experience life with me.